Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey guys, you are in the car today with myself and Dr. Michaela. We just finished doing a cycling class. Ayo. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) How about some of that? Freddie Mercury. I just watch. Oh, okay. gotcha. yeah. I didn't know if this was something new thing that I was tribal trying. thing I was supposed no. to know about. No. If you haven't watched the new HBO special entitled Leaving Neverland, it's the documentary. It's a two part documentary. I haven't watched the second part, by the way. Have you? <gasps> you have not? No. Oh my gosh. So oh my gosh. The apparently, if you haven't watched heavy. part one, you should put this on pause. And go watch it. And remember, remember what I told you about Dirty John. I told you to watch Dirty John. I mean, to listen to that podcast like three years before it came out as a TV show. So you need to listen to these recommendations. Mm-hmm. However, I think we should tell people it could be triggering because it's the story of sexual abuse allegations, I guess we have to say, against Michael Jackson. That's what we're going to talk about real quick. So if that might trigger you, maybe don't watch it. But definitely put us on pause watch the episodes, HBO, and then come back and listen. But if, even if someone's triggered, I mean, these, the people that were in this documentary, these two men, they went to therapy. Yeah. And so they were able How to talk about How do we know that? Well, because they talked about it in part two that you didn't see. Oh. Did the guy named Jimmy, did he go to therapy? Which one was Jimmy, the dancer, or the other? Um, Jimmy was the one who had the gold rings yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he was very emotional, very emotional in part two. And the other oh. one was more, more stoic, but he was just more like very determined to say what he needed to say. So are you sure you're not confusing yes. Jimmy and Wade? Now, Wade is the dancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they're both the kind of dancers, but. Wade was much more serious and it was the other that was, his eyes were red and teary and he had a really hard time, I think, getting through the whole thing, mm. to be quite honest. But they both went to therapy and what was amazing is they both lied even to their therapist. They that said didn't that? Even, uh-huh, oh. That didn't even happen because they were so determined because they couldn't even make it real in their own head. Wow. So I think I mentioned to you that I was on Twitter and saw, like, because I want to see what people were saying about it there. I don't know why sometimes I check in to see, like, the pulse on Twitter. And people were attacking them because they're like, well, are you lying now or are you lying before when you testified under oath that Michael Jackson had never touched you? And I was like, well, can you explain to people, like, can you defend them for a moment? Like, why would they testify why? in court that they, you know, that it wasn't true, that you could trust him, blah, blah, blah. Oh people that are going on and accusing it's kind of like you said how a lot of people got angry Mm -hmm. because if they weren't lying then they have to face the fact that maybe they were for Michael Jackson maybe they also were Uh, you know what I'm saying so uh then it has it's backlash on them if they have to now change their reality because now they're changing theirs true story I was pulling up a song yesterday like just getting ready I was like oh what music do I want to and one of my playlists has like a ton of Michael Jackson. I was like, I'm not, I can't even listen to this. Mm-hmm. It's ruined the way I feel about, I mean, okay, so that's what I'm struggling with. It's like, I idolized him, his genius, his creativity. Mm-hmm. Like this seemed like there was never going to be another. So can we just separate those two sides of him? Can you be a monster and someone people admire because of their talent too? I mean, it's possible. How do you feel about it? 
I think I feel the same. It's going to be difficult to listen to his music, especially Ugh. you watched just part one, right? Yeah, I watched all part, part one. I even watched two part two. Goes into so much. I'm shocked at the level of detail. When you hear the level of detail, it's not something you can make up. I thought there was so much detail in part one. You can't make up what happened in part two. And what was shocking to me, and for those of you that didn't hear it (laughs) yesterday, what was shocking (laughs) to me was that these mothers, and even the fathers, I was mentioning how much they idealized Michael Jackson. Okay, and so because I didn't know what idealized means, can you explain? And by the way, if you want, like, daily doses of good therapy talk, you should follow Dr. Michaela on Instagram. It's just Dr. Michaela, right? DR. It's just Dr. Michaela. DR Michaela. M-C-A-Y-L-A on Instagram. Instagram stories. You gotta step Love up your game you. on your regular. Love to have you. Your stories am, are great, but you need to step up your game on like your regular posts, like these little quote cards every day. Come on oh, now. God, I'm busy saving lives every day in session. Okay. That's the problem. But yeah, you're okay, right. Okay, so you're idealized. Right. Idealized is when, it's what these mothers did. It's when you you don't have the ability to see the flaws in somebody. You you create a fantasy of perfection mm. about them. But we do that. That's It's a result of our own childhood trauma. So people do that a lot in social media. And it's and those and are all stars. the people that have trauma. Oh. Because the reason oh. why idealizing is very, it, it comes, it's part of child development where we're very, everything's black or white. And we hope that we grow up out of it where everything's black or white. But when we have trauma, we get stuck at that stage. It's called splitting, where everything's black or white. So then when we grow up, that becomes a defense mechanism where we see it's all or nothing. And we see people as all or nothing. That's the the idealizing that happens. And so many people do it. So idealizing is kind of different than admiring someone. It's you're admiring them and you refuse to believe, for example, presented with all this evidence that someone who's made such a prolific impact on music and our history, you refuse to believe that he could be a child molester. Yes, and just like I said, and the, that's the defense mechanism because if you're one of those people, then the likelihood that you're defending against your own trauma mm. is very likely. Oh, I get it. I, I follow now, doctor. I you get with it. Me? I get it. You with me? Okay, can we talk about the parents for a second? That's so, I mean, what I, I'm talking about. So, that's how they end up hi we just met you the real you in person on the same day on the same day the one wade's mom met michael jackson she allowed her son and her daughter to sleep in the bed with michael which is just shocking she allowed it wasn't it wade to stay for 30 days in his room in his bed the house, what was it? The housemaid, the what have you, the woman. She went to court and said, I walked in on them in the shower together. There are so many people that saw things. and But, you know, with these two, what Wade and what was the other's name? Jimmy. Jimmy, what they uh, have to now live with. And you can tell they struggle with it to no fault, in my opinion, of, of their own. This is their journey. But that the kids that did try to come out and protest that Michael Jackson molested them, they got dismissed Mm. during the trial because Mm. of the impact... Of the testimony of these two boys. Okay, so I haven't watched part two yet, and I don't want you to spoil it, but I also feel like we're talking about it. We're talking about it. I know, I know. But so can you tell me, does... 
So what you're saying is in part two, we learn that from those other two boys that... Do we hear anything George, about their journey? I think it was Jordan. Jordy, and, yeah. Jordy. Um, no, all we know is that they did come out during the trials. And yeah. I think they were the ones that said that all of these they did. things were happening. Yeah. But Michael Jackson was calling Wade and Jimmy both especially Wade and harassing and threatening Michael himself Michael himself to go to court and lie and if he doesn't they did they play any recordings yeah they did they have recordings of Michael Jackson saying these very things they've got they, have, they had so much they showed all the did they show in part one or part two all the faxes yes yeah, yeah. they did but all the, the faxes phone were recordings. all like just I love, love you uh-huh. I love you which Just that so, in itself. So weird. Moms and dads. Like, what's going on? That is somebody with trauma, their own trauma. Because you don't miss those red flags. You don't miss those red flags when you're healthy-minded. Hmm. The fact that you would dismiss that and see that as normal hmm. is well, a problem. Well, if I can say this, you know, I haven't had those kind of childhood traumas or, or any really kind of childhood traumas, technically traumas. And there's so many things that I would have thought, oh, that's a little weird, but maybe I don't understand until I was an adult and kind of after meeting you, learning like what things could happen. Like I always believe the best in people, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so I never thought it was weird. I w- probably wouldn't have thought it was weird if, you know, there was this wonderful football coach or baseball coach or whatever, like coach who like really wanted to befriend your child, unless I had like learned about all these, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and, I, and at the yeah. time when they were, well, this is, they're a little younger than us, 10 years younger? Yeah. Probably? Yeah. Um, then, yeah. It just, it wasn't as prevalent. Like, I feel like because of the news, social media, reporting, shows like Oprah, that's when I, like, I used to watch all those shows and go, because <gasps> I didn't realize this, these kind of things could happen. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're really naive or trauma, you might just dismiss your intuition like that's kind of weird yeah absolutely but i mean like maybe 10 faxes mm, in a week mm, would mm. be normal but 50 50 but 50 is you know do you think it's because they're like it, he's a star yeah they refused to see that there was anything abnormal it was there was so much abnormality going on that there's no doubt these parents had Issues, yeah. But that's why, if you know, that we can arm our kids with all this information. But if we're not willing to see mm. reality, how can we possibly expect our kids to have a clear sense of a reality shaped for them? How can we expect them to see what's real or not? I got a message from somebody in social media that said, "What do you think I should do? My sister's son." has been caught molest he's like 18 or 17 or 18 mm-hmm. has been caught molesting neighborhood children he's gone to therapy mm-hmm. he's much better now what do you think i should do about having him babysit my daughter swear to god someone oh, asked me that question oh my gosh swear to god so he only went to therapy where their charges brought on him well i didn't you know it was like a dm mm. but i'm just like First of all, that you're going to reach out to a complete stranger and say, you know, I mean, if there's a question, if there's a question, if you're even having to ask that question, then you probably should not. So 
here's the other question I have for you. Is it possible or do you think that Michael Jackson was, I mean, how does he learn to do these things? Do you think this was histrionic? Do you think that he was probably molested as a child? And have we heard that? Do you know? We haven't heard anything about that. I think it's I wonder if totally possible, but... I feel like there was some charges against Joe Jackson, but maybe those were like I don't think physical. I've ever. I don't think I've ever heard. Uh, so the only thing we've ever heard is the physical abuse. Yeah, yeah. But Michael Jackson didn't live a normal life. It doesn't. Is I forgot. What? There was a part that I want to find the producer who said this. I want to punch him. He was talking to Wade, and he said, "How old were you?" He was kind of like asking him off camera when this happened, and Wade goes, "I was seven. And the producer or whoever was interviewing him off camera said, so you you met Michael Jackson, or you came to America as a seven-year-old fan, and you left as his lover. Oh. The producer said that. I know, I remember that. That stung. And oh. I was like, lover? How about his freaking victim? Yeah. A seven-year-old can't be a lover. Mm. I remember that. But yeah, I don't want to spoil two for you, but you know how what prompted them to actually finally come out with all of this no I don't you can tell and this, us and this will happen so do we need to tell people if you haven't watched part two hit pause no okay it's just something to know okay that they both had children and when you have oh. children Wade and Jimmy had, have had kids little boys now. oh they have little boys are they and, about that age uh huh yeah and when you have children when I had Olivia same thing it was shortly after that's where we start having any issues that are going to come up or surface from yeah. unprocessed trauma. And it was seeing their boys at that age. And then they started, I think it was Wade started having images of Michael Jackson doing the same things to his son as uh, he did to him. Uh, but when you have kids, it'll trigger your trauma. Mm, that makes sense. Which is why if you haven't had kids yet, go deal with it before yeah. they come. Because... That's how addictions form. That's how suicide happens. Ugh. I've promised people that we're going to do a follow-up, you and I, about how to find a good therapist. Because mm -hmm. that's like a whole thing. But there's one, another thing you said right there I wanted to ask you. Um, that's a good topic, by the way. I felt like the way... Maybe people are just different. But I felt like the way Jimmy described things, like at least in episode number one, uh -huh. that... There was still a lot of adoration, a lot of, like, happy memories, a uh -huh. lot of, like... And he said, and that's when we fell in love. And, like, I feel like if he's processed through this, how would he, he have thought not. that... Okay. He has not. He's The fact that he still keeps the box... Of gold. Yeah. You, you don't keep... You, you don't go in a memory of it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? The fact yeah. that that is sacred to him, as well as Wade still has those endearing words to say but I he didn't have as many him. though but the fact that he did it all okay where you I don't remember Wade saying endearing things he did say we there was a love you're right you're right you you're know right, so right. not as much as Jimmy but it and, and that's not again that's not to any fault of their own mm. but the fact that they have those feelings still means there's a part of them that's still very confused because that's not love Okay, so let's move the sexual abuse aside for a second. How does this relate to a child who's now an adult who realizes that their parent was incredibly abusive, like physically abusive, maybe not sexual abuse, but physically abusive, but yet they still can feel love towards them? Is it like that, maybe? 
that kind of love? It is. And I think that that's what a lot of adults do. But I will say that in terms of healing, mm-hmm. you can decide to love your parent or do whatever you want with them afterwards. I'm not for or against anything, mm-hmm. but you got to put all that justifying, well, they came from this background. Well, you know, this is how it was in their day or well, you've got to put that aside for a second and first acknowledge that they up or that they were selfish or that they and until you do that make space for that you don't want to jump in with all that justification too soon because then you don't heal it's like you've got to embrace the flaws in your parents or that caregiver or that adult and sit in that for a second the reality of that the reality that this person that was supposed to protect you they did not that the fact that they could have and that parents can come from their own background of trauma and one parent can do the right thing and the other does something else that's because it's a choice Mm. and there's a reality in that that people have to embrace first and then they can go if they want to and justify why their parent is probably like that and decide if they want to have a relationship or not with them. But they've got to have that middle space and that's what's really hard for a lot of adults. And that's what I think Wade and Jimmy are like halfway there because they still talk endearingly Mm. in parts, but they also talk about the destruction. So, you know, I don't know where they are in the process. They're both in Southern California. Would you treat them if they reached out to you? Absolutely. Yeah? Wouldn't that be fascinating? It'd be fascinating to get them through it. So, all the, you know, when people say, well, I've, I've been to therapy, how often are you treating people who've been to therapy and their traumas are still quite unresolved? 97% of the time. For real? For real. And is it because they found the wrong therapist, the wrong type of therapy, they, the time, the age, or is it all It's things? all, but people, you don't know what good therapy is until you've gone to good therapy. Mm-hmm. It's like when I first started down that journey a long time ago, I went to four therapists and I thought, how, how do I know if that's good or not good therapy? Yeah. Until I go to the fifth therapist and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I didn't yeah. know I was going to feel things. I didn't yeah. know I was going to actually have these reactions. So now what was the first four therapists? So you don't really know until you experience a good therapist. Kind of like a good instructor. You know? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I know I always am encouraging you to seek therapy. You know, you know that my family and my friends, obviously Dr. Sarno is a fan of therapy. And I just think it's so important you know you don't have to suffer on your own. But for so many people, you know, therapy is expensive. You don't know where to start. It's really, really scary. So I think like the perfect way to start is by reading, like just start educating yourself. And, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of books that you can listen to as well. And so I have a book that I think you're going to love, especially for those of you who listen to The Shaleen Show, because it's right up your alley. It's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's by Bessel with a B, B B-E-S-S-E-L, Van Der Kolk, K-O-L-K. The Body Keeps the Score. This book is amazing. Hello, I'm looking at it on my Audible right now. It has almost 6,000 five-star reviews. The Brain, the Mind, and the Body in the Healing of Trauma. It's just a remarkable book. It, it really helps you to understand how your your body 
sometimes it's holding on to weight and autoimmune diseases and it affects our ability to heal and more importantly it talks about how to heal from these traumas and I just think this is a, a wonderful way an alternative if you're not yet ready for talk therapy download this book and hey you're in luck because Audible knows that we love them so much they have a special offer for Shaleen Show listeners so all you do is you're probably listening to this on your phone. Okay, so open up your text messaging app and just type in this number, 500-500. So like as if the phone number is 500-500. And if you just text the word Shaleen to 500-500, you will get a one-month free introduction to Audible, which is really great because then you can just download this book and start listening to it today. So if you're not an Audible listener and you're a podcast listener, you don't even know what you're missing. And I think this is a great book for you to start with. You know, and, and of course, I always want you to consider therapy too, but I'm telling you, check it out. Audible.com forward slash Shaleen if you want to get that free 30-day introductory offer. Again, it's audible.com forward slash my name, Shaleen. It is a very graphic um, description of what happened. So it's not something like, oh, look, it's about Michael Jackson. Let's watch this with the kids. Mm-hmm. How would you caution someone who has had a history of sexual abuse and they haven't done any therapy for it? Can they watch this? Should they watch this? Yeah. Yeah. I think if it'll motivate them to go, if it's going to bring up their stuff, then at the very least, just commit if you're going to watch it and you haven't worked through it that you're going to go work through it Mm. I mean if anything it'll give you a a starting place what do you know about the um, call-in therapy things you know like talk space or I think it's a great idea yeah I think it's fantastic I know there's is that like a good place for people to start like if they're because I think a lot of people have a fear of actually going to see a therapist in person like I think it's a good start but I it's not a, a final resolve. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely, it's a good place to start. That's awesome. So you get comfortable. It's going to be a new sponsor. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Oprah interviewed at the after part two. She then did a whole interview and sat down no. with the director of the documentary and really? Wade and Jimmy. Uh-huh. Did they talk about Corey Feldman? Nope. They didn't talk about you know, him at all? That's right. They didn't mention him at all. What is, does Corey Feldman say anything happened? I know he no. denied it for oh, many years. Yes. But now he says... If I'm thinking clearly, yeah. Wasn't he all about the fact that Michael Jackson molested him? Remember he was in so. that major campaign and he had all those people yeah. that he said were trying to hurt him now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that over Michael Jackson? I can't remember. I think I'll, it was. I'll have to look that up. No, that was about just being molested by all the producers You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, and so that sounds so crazy, mm-hmm. but so does this story until you hear their stories and how closely they're aligned, like exactly, and all the members of the family, like all the stories match up. It's just, it's sick. The problem is, aside from the obvious perpetrator, is all of the adults that are around all of these kids even the adults that were around the producers that maybe saw something it's the those adults if they were healthy minded if they weren't idealizing people pleasing people then a lot of these things would not happen it's that so many people are f-ed up yeah so many people have issues and because of those issues kids fall through the cracks yeah cuz if i were if i saw any I don't care who you are. When Sierra was in gymnastics, 
Did I tell you about this? I think you mentioned it a long time ago. When Sierra was in gymnastics, she had a private lesson one time. And there was another little girl getting a private lesson with this coach, you know, private coach or whatever. And I watched him being really inappropriate with her. The way he was stretching her. And, you know, sure, you could dismiss it. You can go, well, that's what coaches do. But there were too many weird things. And I saw him, like, have her stand over the top of him when he was like laying down and like looking up her shorts and I I just saw things where I'm like I, I, I don't care if this is like the way you stretch the girl the way you teach her these things it's not appropriate mm-hmm. and it was really uncomfortable and so I waited and waited and waited until the mom came to pick up that little girl and I told her that and she broke down crying and she said oh my god I've been having these feelings Ugh. she doesn't want to train with him and she the little girl was like probably eight and the mom, I could tell that she was already thinking this. I could tell. And she was really upset. Then, that night, I got a phone call from someone who happened to know her. And she was like, did you approach so-and-so? And I go, yeah, I didn't know her. And I'm like, yes, I did. I told her everything I saw, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, well, her husband's really upset. Their daughter is like, you know, has Olympic potential. I'm like, really? And you could cause a lot of problems. And like, just basically said... I'm speaking to you on behalf of this family. Drop it. That was no different than Michael Jackson say, I'm going to make, to Wade's parents, I'm going to make him a star. Uh, yeah. You need to let me take yes. over. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I called that, I called that the owner of the gym. I called all the other coaches. I told everyone that I could. And I pulled Sierra out of there, obviously. And I made a big stink about it. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, thinking... This mom knew. She knew, but she was also so caught up in the my daughter's potential. Now, had I seen, like, full-blown, you know, something that I could call the police on, you bet your bottom dollar I would have. But those are the kind of things where people, they, they don't want to embarrass or offend another adult. Who cares? Well, plus, they're making this their kids' success about them. That's the problem. They're living through their kids. I think these parents were in the documentary with Michael Jackson. Clearly, that was his, hey, little girl, I've got some candy. Mm -hmm. But he could do that to the whole family. Mm -hmm. Like the first class flights and the limousines and the... Destroyed. Destroyed these kids. And then as soon as he'd create that huge relationship, and then he would find a new person. And, you know, what's amazing is for Jordy or Jordan, the first two kids with the trial that came out and shared that you know that with with sexual abuse the response of people when you tell them or the response of your caregivers can be and is most often more traumatic than the trauma of the sexual abuse itself hang on let's i mean that's such a huge thing what you just said how the people who love you respond can be even more traumatic than the actual abuse is most often most traumatic more traumatic than the abuse itself oh my gosh so what's what should a parent how should a parent or a loved one or even like if your husband or your wife tells you this happened to them first of all how do you respond as a parent calmly but there's no you don't doubt him there's no doubt no doubt no doubt you fully acknowledge you get all of the details you tell them I'm sorry that you've gone through this that you're gonna get to the bottom of it that you're not gonna have to see this person anymore because even if let's say 
by some far chance, which is rare, that a kid, that, that it didn't really happen. It was for attention, which again is so rare, so rare. Then there's a reason the kid is saying that to begin with. So you mm. want to acknowledge it anyway. So there's mm. really no reason to ever doubt a kid. But if you're listening at the very least, know that that is more traumatic and that sticks with a person for the rest of their lives. What if a kid doesn't seem like they're bothered by it Should and they seem like they've forgotten about it? Should we put them in therapy and bring it back up or Absolutely. Move on? Absolutely. Which? Because well, you should put them in therapy. Just have them check in. Because if, if you put them in therapy and the therapist sees them once or twice and feels like, okay, they're okay. If it's a good therapist, she'll see maybe the kid three times. Sometimes it isn't, the kid isn't ready to talk about it. Mm. It is going to come up in their life eventually. But at least the kid has the experience of already have gone to therapy. So they know. Someone cared. And they know that they can go back to it later. Mm. Okay. What's something you should never say in that situation to a child? that just came out about some sort of sexual abuse. Yeah. Anything that infers it was their fault. What about, well, don't worry, we don't have to tell anyone. Don't tell your father. Yeah, what, what are those bad things to say? Very bad, because it's just all shaming and it suggests that it's their fault that they've done something wrong. Yeah. And what would you say, how would you handle it if your significant other shared with you this had happened to them? And they haven't had therapy. Oh, well, it's kind of the same What's thing. the first thing to say? I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that that happened to you. And I love you so much. And I'm so honored that you felt like you could share that with me. Do you hug them? Absolutely. And then... Do you ask s- questions or... I don't think in that moment, you just give it a minute. Okay. You know, uh, hug them... You know, ask them, do you, do you need anything? How can I best help you through this? Is it okay if I ask you questions about it? Do you want me to help you find a therapist? Do you just need some time to like, you know, kind of process it yourself and just let me know what or how I can support you best through it. So you kind of give them some time. You obviously you want them to go to therapy at some point, but you just, you never ever want to shame, which is why doubting will cause a shame for a kid, for an adult, and shame is the one emotion that's responsible for addictions, it's responsible for depression, it's responsible for suicide, suicide ideation, Mm. so you just never ever want to infer any guilt or shame on anybody. So so to cover it up or say we're not talking about this or don't bring this up or don't tell so-and-so, even though you might be doing that thinking you're protecting the child, it actually in their mind they form the belief that they should carry shame that it's my fault I've done something wrong I'm bad a a lot of uh, sexual abuse survivors have a lot of guilt because they feel like regardless of what age they were they felt like they played a part in it that they're Mm -hmm. equally responsible Mm -hmm. for what happened and they carry a lot of guilt because their body responded Mm -hmm. to the abuse Mm -hmm. and so for that reason they often Kids don't tell people about sexual abuse very often. Mm-hmm. Usually, they'll keep to themselves. So that wasn't surprising about mm-hmm. what Wade and Jimmy did. But they do it for those reasons. Because they, you look back and you think, well, you think you know it all at seven. You think you're so self-aware at eight. You think you, <laughs> you know, you just think you knew what you were doing. Yeah. 
but it wasn't until just like for them when they had kids and you look at a seven or eight yes. year old and you realize, wow, I couldn't have known right. what I was doing. Oh, horrible. I bawled my eyes out when Wade, I just, oh. Well, wait till you see the second half. Really? But it, it was when he was doing the thing with Oprah that he just looked like he was trying to hold himself together oh. through the whole Jimmy, through Jimmy. the whole thing. Mm. All right, this is heavy. So, you know, I think we've talked about a lot of things that you need to do and how important it is to get therapy. And if the person who's listening right now, if this has stirred up some uncomfortable feelings in yourself, do not be afraid to get help. Smart people go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Follow Dr. Michaela on Instagram. She's at D-R-M-C-A-Y-L-A. And her story game is strong. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here with us, guys. Love you. I mean it. Bye.